make 2020 fantastic. Come to Aircon, 13th to the 15th of March, and you can meet some fantastic people, play some fantastic games. Just everything is going to be fantastic. You can get your tickets now by going to aircon.co.uk forward slash tickets or by following the links in the show notes. And now, on with the show. To We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for January. Yes, 2020. Don't know what that means. According to science fiction, everything's meant to be happening. According to other people, lots of other things <laughs> are happening that shouldn't be happening. But it doesn't matter because um, we. I have decided. Um, well, I've not decided. I'll tell you the story, right? I know Mark Spector of the Grand Gamers Guild. And me and him talk on and off because, you know, we talk. This is what this is what we do. And uh, he said to me, I tell you what, I've got um I've got a game coming up at the end of January. And I was like, Oh He says, Is it your game? He was like, No, don't be silly. I says, Thank goodness. Um I says he said, uh, you want to speak to somebody? I says, What's his name? He says, Richard. He says, I said, That sounds like a fine name. He says, It's Richard Janner. I says, That sounds like an even better name. I says, what's the game? He says, it's Garinto. I says, well, sign me up. So, here we have, working alongside the Grand Gamers Guild, I've got Richard Yana here to talk about Garinto. Aren't you, Richard? Sure am. Yay! Ooh, applause. <laughs> so, how you doing first? How you doing first of all? Are you well? I'm doing pretty good. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, you've got... Garinto's going to be coming out on Kickstarter at the end of the year, the 28th of January, as of time of recording. What's what's the mid like in camp at the moment? Are you How are you feeling about the whole thing? Pretty good. The game's almost done. Just finishing up some of the solo mode and then it should be all uh-huh. set. Cool, cool. Is this, your, um, is this your first game then? This is my second game. All right, okay. Okay, okay. Um... What was the first one that you did? Then? First one was called Dark.net. It was a cyberpunk game, and that one came out from WizKids. Cool. Um, is that still available? Are people still able to get their hands on that? Then? It was last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can still um, find it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, how long have you been involved in games design? Then, I mean, what's your what's your kind of your history with it, roughly? Well, I really just started designing games because I was curious to see what went into making board games. I just love mm-hmm. playing games, so I wanted to see what it took to actually make them. So I just started. I made a terrible, terrible tower defense game, as I'm sure many people have done. And then what was, eventually... No, you don't get away with that. What's it, what was it called? <laughs> oh, it didn't even have a name. I didn't get that far. You didn't have a name. No. Nope, Did nope, it nope. have was it a fantasy medieval setting or was it a kind of a sci-fi? It was a kind fantasy of setting? medieval setting. Did so you have I, orcs in it? 
It just had generic things they walked. You shot at them with turrets. It was really just a very long spreadsheet of things that nobody wanted to do. All right, okay. So I tried that, okay. and it was terrible, and then I kept making bad things until eventually I made a not bad thing. And then I reached out. There's a board game design group in Colorado, so I found them, started working a little with them. Mike mm -hmm. Fitzgerald lives in Colorado, too, and he's a huge part of that. So I mm -hmm. talked to him a little bit about it, and he taught me some more, and I just kept making some bad things and some better things until eventually you get something good. Were you um were you quite inventive as a child then? I mean, if somebody kind of were you the kind of kid on a rainy day that you know, in order to keep you occupied, basically you just had to have like a pad of paper and some cardboard and some coloring in pens, and you were quite happy to, or a box of Legos, and that was you. You were quite able to keep yourself kind of content. I was definitely a Lego kid. Yeah. Were you? Because there was two types of Lego. There's the Lego bit, and then it kind of died away. So there's the original stuff like the Space Lego, and stuff like that. And then there was the Lego City. It wasn't like nowadays when all of a sudden they kind of they introduced kind of Star Wars and stuff like that. So did you have a big box, or were you into kind of like was there were you into more into the space or more into the kind of the town side, or did it didn't matter as long as it was kind of Lego? Yeah, it didn't matter as long as there was Legos, then I could make something out of it. <laughs> um, when did you first kind of get into the gaming scene then? I, like everybody, did some experimenting in college and found board games. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I, skipped, I skipped past the hard drugs and the drinking. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> board street, gaming is much street. more expensive, so... <laughs> <laughs> I never found that, isn't it? It's like, there's almost like, there's a kind of, a complete kind of, um, it's going to lead you down the road to ruin if you get involved in any kind of drinking or hardcore drugs, but... I think um, I think probably give it about five years and they'll be kind of like there'll be a just there'll be like a just say no campaign I for know, people you start looking off again with, to manage. You just start <laughs> off with Catan and Munchkin, and next thing you know, Brass Birmingham happens. <laughs> <laughs> of did you did you stay in the kind of the hobby? Did you kind of drift away at all, or have you constantly kind of been interested in the hobby? No, like I said, I played some in college, and then I just kind of fell away from the hobby. And then mm -hmm. later on, I found it again, and that's when I really got hooked. What was the first thing that kind of got you back in? Uh, it may have been Agricola, actually. I really like games that make you stressed out while you're playing them. <laughs> and that game is perfect. <laughs> So is that is that what you kind of look for? I'm not looking. You're not like one of these people that kind of like does the Zen thing. You just like zone out, and my troubles kind of go away. You're like your your idea of kind of like a perfect day is jumping out an airplane at thirty thousand feet and try to play Catan, and then getting told halfway down you've not got a parachute, and then I mean, that would be kind of like the Catan your... part and the no parachute. I have tried jumping out of a plane. It's pretty fun, <laughs> but. No, most of the time I'm pretty relaxed, so if when I'm playing games, it's kind of uh -huh. a new, different thing for me to be doing, to be stressed out. Mm -hmm. But what made you kind of jump from just kind of playing games into, um, like, how did Dark, Dark.net come about then? What kind of made you think, well, actually, I can, I can just do something myself here, well, rather like I said, than just, you know, kind of sit around? 
Yeah, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, really it was just curiosity. When I get interested mm-hmm. in something, I really I really get into it. So I love board games. I love playing board games. So kind of curiosity, I just wanted to see what goes into making one just so I could understand them a little bit better. So it was really just curiosity. Okay. Did you try like a couple of different things before you settled on Dark.net then? Oh, did you try like kind of work a placement? Oh yeah, I made, I made that tower defense game, which was horrible. I made a game <laughs> that was kind of like a dice version of Splendor, which kind of worked, but it was mostly just mm-hmm. copying Splendor. And mm-hmm. there was also a lot of trying to do a bunch of simple addition with dice, which isn't as fun as it sounds. And then I reached Dark.net, and then that one went great, and then I just kept trying more and more things did it give you the the confidence when the the game kind of got picked up and published you kind of get a lot of things right you're really excited your game gets picked up and made and Mm -hmm. that gives you a lot of confidence and then you have to deal with all the reviews online and that's a little bit of a mixed bag and takes you down a notch or two so i kind of got both from it do you, I mean, as a creator, do you try and shield yourself away from the the less than optimum kind of reviews then? No, not or at all. Or are you the type of person you kind of, you, yeah, you write in there with the, the, the kind of the reviews regardless? I mean, do you have to kind of like take a step back from it and dismiss some of what people are saying or do you end up kind of, kind of taking on everything as kind of like feedback? Yeah, well, regardless of if people, what people's opinions are, they're giving you feedback one way or another. So if people mm-hmm. have problems, then you might want to listen to them, especially if you plan on doing anything in the future. Mm-hmm. So like Dark.net is, it's a complex game, it's very punishing, and it has a lot of tension in it, which is what I wanted from a game. And then, you know, I looked, read a lot of the feedback and learned that that isn't what most people want in a game. So when I designed Garinto, Garinto is a much more pleasant game. It's simpler and it doesn't punish you too much. A little bit still in there, but not quite as much. Where did the, where did the idea then for um, Garinto come, kind of come about then? Was it a couple of different iterations that you did or did it kind of walk into your head kind of fully formed? The core part of Garinto really hasn't changed a whole lot from where it started. There's small parts that have been added and small parts that have been taking, taken away. But the core game has pretty much always been there. Like I said, I just set out to design a simpler game. So when the first one came out, I have a lot of friends that aren't gamers. And all of them would say, hey, we'd love to try your game. And I kind of told them... Not quite yet. Once you've got some more games under your belt, then I'll then we'll teach you this one. Because I do like it, but it's for gamers, not for everybody. So when I set out for this one, I wanted to make a game that everybody could play. And that's why I started as simple. And when I originally made it, it still took with the patterns. The patterns that you take in haven't changed at all, really, since the game got started. And there was one end game scoring, which now there's a bunch of them for more replayability. But from the start to where I am now, wasn't too long a journey, really. It's a um, were you were you kind of conscious of taking on feedback as you went when you were developing Garinto? Then 
I always, always take on feedback from anybody that's willing to willing to give it to me in really all parts of my life because really it can't hurt you to get more people's feedback ever. Mm-hmm. You have to learn what to listen to and maybe what not to listen to, but it always, always pays to listen to people. Okay, okay. Um, in terms of the kind of the gameplay side of things, if if you were explaining to somebody, you know the the kind of the main premise behind it, how you would, you know, the the main mechanics behind it, what would you say to people? Yeah, and Gurindil, you're trying to build your wisdom for the elements. To do that, there's tiles on a board, and you've got tiles on the outside. You move the outside tiles into into the middle area, and depending on what elements you're using, they all have different patterns that they'll take tiles in, and your wisdom also increases how much each element will let you take so you're trying to take more tiles that let you help tiles and there's a few goals that you're trying to follow so maybe you're Mm -hmm. trying to learn your have equal wisdom through your elements or have a lot of one and less of another so it's not just getting as much as you can a lot of it is about getting what actually helps you and sometimes there's a fight between building your engine to get more and actually Mm -hmm. getting the things that score and did you did you go through kind of a lot of playtesting as you were developing it as as well? Oh yeah, that's the only way to make a game. If you're not doing constant playtesting, you're going to be in trouble. Did you? I mean, did you take out quite a few? Did you when you were playtesting? Was there stuff that you ended up kind of added in, kind of based on suggestions? Was there stuff that you kind of slightly changed as you kind of went? Yeah, originally I was considering kickstarting this on my own, and I'm really happy I didn't because I've now seen how much work goes into that, and I don't think I could do that. <laughs> but with I kept that in mind while I was designing it, so I was doing everything I can to keep the game as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. And then when Mark got on board, you know, when I had somebody else to help do a lot of that work for me, then I started expanding it into a little bit more of a game. Did did Mark kind of start to work his kind of magic on it then? Did he have kind of things that he wanted to change or was he quite happy with what you were showing him at the time? Well, the first thing he changed was the game was the name of the game. <laughs> that was the very first thing. <laughs> <laughs> so when, the name of the five element system is called Godai, which yeah. when it's when you switch it into English it just becomes Godai, which is the opposite of a peaceful sounding game about elements and it's something that i had never even thought about is <laughs> <laughs> so what we're gonna play go die all right but what what are we gonna play <laughs> yeah you hear that you think you're gonna be fighting and really you're just yeah. learning about elements peacefully in nature it's little yeah. misleading well maybe you're Maybe the follow-up game to Garinto could be, you know, Garinto 2 Go Die, and you could be introducing kind of miniatures with, I don't know, guns. Everybody loves <laughs> miniatures. <laughs> everybody loves Everybody, everybody kind of, kind of loves miniatures. So We actually do have like, one miniature in this game. <laughs> is, and what is that? I take it that doesn't have a gun, though. <laughs> no, it's a Garinto, actually. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. I didn't want to guess. We could try putting a gun on it, but... 
got, it's got a sword. What's that? To, I've tied on a, a banana. Um, there's a fruit salad that sits on the top of it. Is it dangerous? Um, it's slightly out of date and you could maybe slip on the banana peel. So depending on how you want to run with it, that's in kind of entirely kind of entirely up to yourself. Um, with You mentioned the kind of the level of work and you went, oh, I've realised how much work kind of goes into a Kickstarter. Um, in terms of kind of like the promotion and stuff like that, have you been out kind of... Um, I know there's, there's the playtesting's like fine. You know, it's one thing that you have to do. But have you had to be more aware of kind of helping get the name out yourself there kind of being involved in kind of like a social media basis or anything like that or have you been kind of leaning on mark to kind of help you with that type of thing yeah mark has done a large part of it but i still have been having to do some of it so you know i have to post i well i don't have to but i have i post anytime we have new information about the kickstarter i've gone to one or two conventions and demoed the games there so i've definitely done some but mark is really doing the lion's share of it are you tempted to kind of jump in and do a bit more as a case of will because i find the reason i'm asking is i find this with a lot of designers you'll spend years blood sweat and tears developing a game but then in this current kind of climate what they don't then sit you down and say well you've also got to be kind of like a professional marketeer you've got to help kind of spread yeah you have to be everything i didn't realize i mean you know part of what i learned through just designing games is there's so much more that goes into it you have to be you know a creative person you have to be a mathematician Mm -hmm. you have to be a graphic Mm -hmm. artist you have to be a marketing person there is Mm -hmm. a lot of fields that go into making a board game you're not just a designer what is it you um what is it you do as a job job then is it something creative that you're doing kind of on a daily basis not at all i just i manage a driving school so i just sit in an office all day and talk to people so you're just kind of organizing lessons and tests and stuff like that then? You got it. That's why I need to do something with my brain when I'm not there. <laughs> why? Okay, okay. Here's a big question then, Richard. Where's the driving school game then? I mean, oh. why isn't there one based on kind of like, you know, building up a deck builder where you're building up your skills to allow you to get the score to pass your test? Well, maybe that'll be my next one. But still, is that a thing? Is it, is it? There will still be minis sorry. with guns on them, though. So, I think, um, I think, I think you have to. Okay, okay. Here's an idea for you. Every single time you see one of those gasland car things, yeah. Okay. Right, and they've got guns and everything on them, yeah. But it's kind of taken as a given. A that given you're that good they have good driver. Oh no, that you can. It's drive a given guns. that they're a good driver. It's a given that they're a good driver. Where do the people that drive the cars with the big guns and the ramming and the tattoos and the dodgy hair, where do they go to learn how to drive? Hey, maybe those I can reach cars? out to them for a prequel to Gaslands, even. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just like develop one and say you're inventing, um, kind of apocalyptic driving school <laughs> I love it I think it, where if think? you pass lands from crash to crush done or I was thinking if you pass you pass if you fail you die I mean there's we need a kind of a, a tagline on this and then it's a deck builder and you build up your skills from um and I think the toughest 
you'd have like kind of obstacle avoidance and shooting a rocket from your car while driving. But I think the most difficult skill to gain would still be like parallel parking. Always, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> be, I'm sure you see like lots of test scores come back where you, you realise kind of what people have what people have failed their test on and it'll be like parallel parking, parallel parking, parallel parking, parallel parking. Um are you quite content to kind of keep this as a something that you would do at the side of the board not the drive not the driving thing, but the board game design side of things? Or would you like to kind of enter the wide world of kind of being kind of like game designing kind of full time? I mean, obviously I would love to be do game design full time, but that's not really a thing that most people can pull off. Yeah, I think you um I think you either you get to if you do I think if as long <laughs> as long as you don't have to worry about rent, food <laughs> driving a car health insurance then yeah I'm pretty sure you can become a full time designer oh yeah without all of that stuff I'd be doing great (laughs) (laughs) absolutely kind of fantastic Um, in terms of the the Kickstarter do you know kind of um, kind of read kind of figures pledge figures and things like that how much it's going to be to actually Kind of jump in with a pledge, and have you looked to kind of like pledge levels and things like that as well? Well, what I think they're looking at, I don't think they're going to have actually any stretch goals or add-ons or anything. From what I understand, they're mm. just going to put it up there, and then you'll be able to buy your game, nice and simple. Okay, uh, okay. So is that going to be? Is that going to be? Is that going to be through Kickstarter? Then? That will be through or Kickstarter. Are they, are they, yeah. And it should be. It's going to be kickstarting on February twelfth. Oh right, okay. So not the end of the month then. Nope, coming out pretty soon. And they, all right, okay. Yeah, and so. I think they're still trying to figure out the price, but hopefully it should be around forty dollars for that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Even with your miniature with its gun and its fruit thing. Yeah, fruit. All oh, the that t- stuff. <laughs> Mark's going to listen to this later and be like, what did you promise people? What did you promise everybody? He's promised everybody. Mark, if you're listening, I mean, um, Richard's promising actually a fruit basket to everybody who backs. He just said that to me, kind of off the pod. Off the pod. We're just kind of getting on the record. It's going to kind of work out. Can it work out quite well? Um, going forward, are you have you got other designs that you're going to be going to be looking at? Of course. And have you got like the have you got like have you got a pad in front of you, which you'll come up with a design? You go, oh, I've got to remember, I've got to do this, I've got to get it, I'm going to get that down. What? So is that is that kind of like the Richard Yanner kind of design little binder with all your little designs in it? Well, I'm always by a computer, so I just take all of my notes on that. There's a program called Workflowy, which lets you put mm-hmm. make wonderful bullet point list of everything you're thinking. So I just have a really confusing, complicated one of those with all my ideas in it. Some of them don't even make sense because I write it down and then look at it a month later and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this means. Fruit basket, cars driving school. That thing that. That would just be this conversation. I get that. I get people come back to me and go, "What?" I kind of remember that there was a conversation that went on for a little while. And I have no idea what kind of what we actually what we actually talked about at the time. It was kind. Of, yeah, my wife always makes fun of me. I guess it would. 
So I just have folders on my computer and text files all over, and they're named like Thing and that one idea and the newest one. <laughs> just like, well, how do you know what they are? I'm like, well, I wrote them. I have to know what they are. It's fine. And then I exactly. don't. Never. <laughs> and then you go back and just like, what were you thinking? I yeah, clearly exactly. don't know what I was thinking. Or I go to the other extreme as what I'll have as I um I deal with a lot of um spreadsheets. I have um, lots of those. For uploads and stuff like that. And but sometimes I'll either go to the one extreme and I'll just I'll just like I'll try and abbreviate stuff and then I'll realise I I never ever know what those letters mean. Or I'll end up writing almost pretty much a full kind of paragraph description in the file name of the Excel file. It's like, no, no remember this is the one that you're meant to be uploading next Tuesday, not the one that you're meant to be doing on Thursday, which is meant to be done the week before dot XL. Yeah, everybody asks what designing board games is like, and really what it is is staring at a spreadsheet for four hours and then scribbling on a few pieces of paper and actually trying a game, and then staring at a spreadsheet for a few more hours. That's all it is. Do you also have have your white pieces of paper and your little prototyping kit as well? I mean, is that that something that you have on your desk? Is there a top drawer that if you slide that open, there's like meeples and dice? I mean, pieces, I have, you know, a bucket of dice and a bin of cubes, which those are the requirements. That's your, you know, entry to being a board game designer. 1,000 teacher's cubes in 10 colors and a bucket of dice. So I've got that laying around always. And then everything else, I just use Nandek to make cards or tiles or whatever I need. Mm-hmm. Do you keep the, are you into kind of like keeping the designs kind of quite simple? To produce, so you can just run them off and kind of play them quite quickly. No, the first one I made was actually a very complicated game. It just had... I like interlocking systems, so one thing Mm -hmm. will tie into the other, which will tie into the other, and that's something I really like, and you can't... It's hard to make simple games that do that. Garinto, I got lucky, and it worked out that way, but it's harder to design a simple game with interlocking systems. It's... (laughs) Is that? I mean, I think the game, the games I, I kind of a lot of the games I'm playing at the moment, they seem to have like a lot. They seem to have very, very simple systems with kind of like hidden depths, or they seem to be like massive behemoths with multiple rules. You're always going to have the kind of the rule book open, or somebody's always going to have the rule book open, so they can kind of double check kind of stuff. What's kind of like kind of like going on yeah you've got to be careful I, not to get can, too deep into them i love them but carl chuddit games are the champions of this <laughs> what about um the big thing well there's always a big thing but one of the things seems to be like asymmetric systems so i've seen it i mean the most recent game i played was um i played the remake of june um and we played it kind of like six players so we had all the all the factions. I don't know if you've if you've seen it or oh, if you've I've seen you've it. Had... I haven't gotten to try it yet. It's um, <clears throat> it's one of those strange games that does have a lot of kind of like interlocking, complete asymmetry. I mean, obviously, it reminds me. It reminds reminds me of Root, first of all. But then you remember that this was suppose this was around before kind of Root. <laughs> You know, even even before you know the woods were grown in root because it's been around for like a long time. But the only thing I found with it as a game is there was a lot of complicated systems. That there was there was a lot of rule checking. Mm-hmm. 
just to make sure everything was kind of like ticking over. And it was done well. I mean, the game looks simplistic and it looks fantastic and it does play kind of pretty well. But um, it became um, quite long in the kind of the downtime in that you're you're playing with all the six factions that you're playing on the game. But there was quite a lot of downtime then if you weren't having your go at the time, if you weren't having, you know, your turn, which was kind of... Um, can I, come I mean, does your collection does it represent the complicated games that you would enjoy then? Well, I have I like all sorts of games, so I think some mm. of my favorite, like Brass Birmingham, is one of my favorites. So are Tiny Towns mm. and Welcome Too. So yeah, yeah, it's always kind you of like- you have to balance out having deep, interesting strategies and keeping things simple enough for people to do. Do you have? I mean, do you have kind of like? Do you have like friends coming over and playing games with you regularly? Do you have like a regular game group that you kind of get together with? Yeah, I have two game groups that I play with every week. Huh? So I get to play plenty. <laughs> Do you come home? Have they, I take it, have they all been, um, all had the pleasure of having a couple of rounds of Gorinto then as well? Oh, many, many rounds. <laughs> and it. Are they, I take it you know these folk quite well, so they, were they quite kind of open and honest with any kind of feedback that they had as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I tell everybody that, you know, not to hold back. I tell them it's a waste of, it's kind of a waste of my time if they don't tell me what's wrong with mm-hmm. it. And it's a waste of their time if they play a game that, you know, if they're ready to give feedback and they don't give all of it. So for both of us, I just say, you know, be as mean as you want. I want to hear all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there is there ch- chances to do kind of like expansions then? I mean, if you know, um, obviously Grand Gamers Guild's done a few successful Kickstarters. Now they've been, been involved in Endeavor. They were involved in the Artemis project as well. Um, so they've generally had some really good kind of successes. And based off the back of that, um, with regards to kind of like potential expansions or even kind of. St- you mentioned you're not doing kind of stretch, you're not thinking about doing kind of any stretch goals, but is there a possibility to kind of expand Garinto in any way, shape, or form? Oh, yeah, there's tons of ways to expand Garinto. I think there's dragon tiles that should be coming for the Kickstarter backers, and that's a little mini mm-hmm. expansion. And then I also have another one designed, and I'm not sure what we're going to do with that one, but yeah, it, it, it's a very easy game to expand. And it's just a case of seeing what happens with the Kickstarter campaign um, to see if that kind of comes out as a separate entity or it gets involved and gets um, included in the main campaign then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I already have... So Garinto has five elements and then there's Wushu, I think it's called. I'll have to look that one up, but that's got two different elements. So I can always throw a wooden mm-hmm. metal in if I want later. And like I said, it's already designed. So nice and easy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, replayability cool. was something we really wanted to focus on. So we have our five elements. There's f- a few different board setups. And then for the end scoring goals, there's a ton of them. And you randomly select two main goals and two element goals each time. So the game is very, very replayable. And are you have you aimed to make it kind of as easy as possible for anybody to kind of have access to as well? That they'll just jump in and it'll be kind of one of these games where they say well let's just have a couple you know let's just have a game of Gorinto I mean have you planned it to I take it yeah the game is 
pretty quickly. The game then. is quick. The game is easy, and the rules are very simple. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So it's an idea of people get it to the table and not just because usually what I find is in a lot of games it'll be the game that we play for the evening, but we'll usually only get. <laughs> In some cases, we'll only get like 90% of the way there. But a lot of the times, we'll kind of like, we'll get one game in and then it's kind of pack up time. Is the idea with Garinto is that you would have maybe two or three games, yeah. if not more, of an evening, evening instead? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. You play it once and then, you know, you just pull out different goals and it's a very different game already, but you already know how to play, so it's nice and quick. Oh, cool. Excellent. Excellent. So you said it's. Um, it's coming out on the Kickstarter the middle of February twelfth month, February to February, or as we say in the, in Scotland, the twelfth of February. Well, either way, proper, same day, right? The proper way to say dates. Okay, twelfth um, of February. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's only two days before Valentine's Day as well. So if you want to treat that special someone in your life. Then you can say, um, honey, I've not uh, spent it on uh, anything at all. What I've done is I've backed a Kickstarter game um, and you're going to get that probably within about six months. Really, what's more romantic away. than balance, wisdom and harmony? I think that is it's probably actually the, the kind of the building blocks for a successful marriage. Exactly. To be perfectly honest, um, it's obviously <laughs> it's obviously going to take some damn good explaining to explain why they need to wait, you know, um, six to nine months for their balance, wisdom, and harmony. But <laughs> sure, sure, there'll be people that there will well, be up, re- up for the challenge. Relationships are about time and commitment, and committing to an, a year away is commitment. Done. I sold it for them. That's it. Done. We can actually play this. We can actually play this clip in the FAQs if people if people say you know um, I ordered my I ordered my partner I ordered my husband this Kickstarter and told him it'll be ready in nine months and he says I have to explain myself how's that the case and then we can just play them the clip and they'll go all oh, right yeah that worked perfect come to think of it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I can help Absolutely anybody brilliant. who needs find a reason to justify buying this game. No problem. <laughs> are you are you quite a big Kickstarter backer yourself then? I mean, is that something that you regularly dabble in? I don't actually do too much with Kickstarter. I got Have you what was the last what was the last one you kind of jumped in with? Uh, I think Gloomhaven. That is a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a little That's while. Def- and before that, I think it was Millennium Blades, so... Oh, right, yeah. Well, no, I'm no Millennium Blades. Blades. Um, That's level 99, is it? Mm, yeah, I that think. sounds right. Maybe. I think so. Brad Talton. Yeah, it's a great game. That does. I think so. Yeah, I've heard some very, very good things about that. And I know people that absolutely love it to death. Have you managed to play through all the Gloomhaven then? Or is it the huge box sitting on the shelf? It's a, well, I've played through some of it, but it's mm. just overwhelming every time you open that box. It is like, um, it's kind of like you can't just fit a cat in there. You can fit the entire cattery. Yeah, um, but- I love that game, but I just don't get it out nearly as much as I should. I know that uh, one of my friends he um, he managed to get it to the table after owning it for about a year and a half, 
And the issue was that they managed to get it to the table the previous four times, but they were playing it with different people who all promised they wanted to do a campaign. And it ended up having to do the first campaign again and again and again. It eventually just went, I just give up. I can't that be bothered about with right. this. I'm just going to. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. Um. I can only wish you the best of luck for when the campaign comes around um, and when it's live. Um, if people are interested in keeping an eye on yourselves on the internet webs, where can they find you on the internet webs, Richard? Well, Grand Gamers Guild is everywhere. They've got Twitter, they've got Facebook, they've yeah. got a presence on Board Game Geek, and I'm just look up Grand Gamers Guild and you'll find either of those. And for me, yep. you can probably just find me on Board Game Geek is the easiest way for me. Cool. Okay, I'll make sure that we put those links in the show notes and we'll also make sure that we put the, when we get the link to the campaign that that'll go out either in the show notes or we will make sure it goes across our Twitterer as well. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, just go to the internet and search for We're Not Wizards and you'll find us in all the different various places. Um, if you like what you've listened to tonight, then please go to your podcast catcher of choice and consider a subscription or a review. If you are going to be giving us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed, but don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Give us something like a five because it's in the middle and it's average and we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average is rather wonderful, rather fantastic, Richard Jenner. Yay! Thank you very much for coming on, sir. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, there's only two more things to do, Richard. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Richard? We are not wizards. There you go. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Richard. Say goodbye, Richard. See you, everybody. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful, and uh, check out Garinto when it comes to Kickstarter on February 12th. Until the next time, goodbye. is never linked. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.